You're listening to the pulpit ministry of North Life Baptist Church with Pastor Harley Snowd. At North Life Baptist Church, our mission is to encourage each person to take the steps of loving God, growing together, and serving others. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.northlife.church. Now, stay tuned for today's message. Turn your Bibles with me tonight to 3 John. John, as you're turning there, uh, take about, uh, once, once you're gone, uh, how, how are people going to remember you? Perhaps that's a thought that we've all had of, you know, what's my legacy going to be? How, how am I going to be remembered after I'm gone? What, what are people going to what are they going to say about me? What, how is my family going to remember me? My kids, my grandkids, and and I'm sure that's a thought that's probably gone through all of our heads. And and maybe not just am I going to be remembered? Are they going to forget me? But how how will I be remembered? You know, what what kind of thoughts will they have about me? Are there going to be uh, good thoughts, good memories, or or when they think about me, or are they going to be oh, glad he's gone? Uh, there are others who, when they think about how they want to be remembered, uh, maybe it just isn't about uh, family and loved ones. Perhaps they, uh, they seek more of the, the fame and fortune type of remembrance of, well, I, I want to be remembered for this great deed that I've done, or or this wealth that I've accumulated, and and uh, I even think of uh, movies where uh, the the bad guy or the villain, the the, the whole his whole purpose and and trying to to carry out his sinister plot is to to be remembered as this great legendary bad guy, and that's how he wants to to go down in history and be remembered as. Uh, I I think of. Uh, more of a cartoon movie. Uh, I'm, I know probably a lot of the kids and parents as well have seen it, but the Despicable, uh, Despicable Me, uh, you have the evil villain named Gru who, who uh, speaks with a, a thick Russian accent, and, and he's part of this bad guy society and, and the, where they're all trying to outdo each other to, to become this in, infamous bad guy, you know, and always trying to to top each other, and, and, and that's how they want to be remembered. That's their desire. Uh, but as we look at 3 John tonight, uh, we, we see a, a, a letter written by the Apostle John to a man by the name of Gaius. And as we uh, dive into the text, we see a, a tale of two individuals. Uh, these individuals we find are quite different. Uh, very uh, polar opposites of each other. I don't know that you could be any more different than these two uh, men uh, that are uh, written about here. And as we read, we will see how one is remembered for his desire to serve God, while the other is remembered for his own selfish desires of personal gain. If you read with me, John in 3 John, uh, verses 3 through 4, says, For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, 
even as thou walkest in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And then down uh, to verse number 11, it says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, again, we just thank you for bringing us into your house tonight, Lord, to, to worship you and to honor and glorify you. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would be with us now as we go through your word and in this text, Lord, and just uh, uh, ponder the words that are written here about these uh, two men. Uh, Lord, I pray that we would be able to uh, take and glean from your word uh, things that would be uh, beneficial to us and, and grow us, Lord, and in Jesus' name, amen. We see in the text tonight, the first gentleman uh, uh, mentioned is a, a man by the name of Gaius. We don't really know a whole lot about him. We do, uh, I do know uh, Gaius was a, a very common name uh, uh, in the Roman Empire, and so uh, it would much be like uh, the, the name John uh, in, our, in our culture. Uh, there are other Gaiuses mentioned in the Bible, but this Gaius more than likely was not the same as the others mentioned. He was uh, uh, a, a different one. Uh, but John starts out here in verse number two, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospereth. Uh, the first thing that we see about uh, Gaius and, and uh, this individual is uh, we see that a, a, a prosperous soul. He, was a, he had a prosperous soul. We see in this verse that John wishes for Gaius' physical health and well-being to be as strong as his spiritual health. Uh, think about that for a moment. What, tonight, if, what, what, what would our, our health look like if it directly uh, mirrored uh, what was going on with us spiritually? Uh, I know for myself, you'd probably be thinking, Pastor made a poor choice. This guy's been sick for the last two and a half, three years uh, uh, so, what, what, if, what would our physical health look like uh, if it matched our spiritual health? Uh, would we be healthy? Would we, would we uh, be uh, prosperous? Or would we be uh, sickly? Uh, what would it look like? But we see here, uh, we see here though, in these opening remarks uh, by John, that Gaius' spiritual health was so strong that John desired and prayed for his physical health and his physical prosperity to, to match uh, his spiritual health and where he was uh, spiritually in his walk with God. And we see the first reason for that in verses 3 and 4. Verse uh, uh, 3, uh, end of verse 3, it says, uh, or was read verse 3. Uh, For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. We see that Gaius, he had a testimony of truth, a testimony of truth. Gaius abided in the truth. He was in the truth because the truth was in him. First John 1, verses 5 and 6 says that 
Those who walk in truth belong to Christ, and those who are not in the truth are in darkness and do not belong to God. Those who do not walk in the truth, they're walking in darkness. Verse 5 of First John 1 says, God is light, and in him is, is no darkness at all. And so uh, we see John or Gaius is walking in the truth. John 17, verses 17 through 19, tells us that it is uh, truth that sanctifies. Uh, not only is it the truth that sanctifies, but it is the very God, word of God that sanctifies. Why? Because the word is truth. Gaius is walking in the truth because he is walking in the word. He is walking in the word of truth. He is allowing the word of God to, to influence him. Uh, he is allowing the word of God into his life and, and saturate his life. And as a result, he is demonstrating the power of God to sanctify him to truth. And because of that, John and others were able to see an individual with a very prosperous soul. And because Gaius had this prosperous soul, we see that, secondly, uh, as he was walking in the truth, or he had a testimony of truth, secondly, he had a testimony of hospitality, a testimony of hospitality. Verses 5 through 8 says, Beloved, thou dost faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity uh, before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Because that for his name's sake they went forth taking nothing of the Gentiles, we therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. I don't know what your thought is when you think of hospitality. Uh, for myself, the first thing that comes to my mind is your stereotypical southern hospitality. Uh, uh, when Mandy and I were first married, we we honeymooned down in Tennessee, and that was the first time I had ever traveled anywhere remotely south. Uh, and, and I was just amazed as uh, we, as we uh, went uh, to different sites down there and, and browsed around and, uh, and participated in different activities. Uh, pretty much anyone that had a southern accent was extremely hospitable to us. And I was just amazed by that and how friendly they, they, they were. Um, a lot friendlier than uh, a lot of places up here where you go. Uh, and that, that, that stood out to me, their, their hospitality. Uh, I also think about the first time uh, we, we went down to West Virginia to, to visit uh, some of her cousins down there. I'm an introvert. I hate meeting new people. It just gives me anxiety. Uh, in, in, in fact, Maybe I shouldn't say this, but with, with all the new people in the church, and it just, yeah, it gives me anxiety. I'm like, oh, no, somebody else now I ha that, that I have to introduce myself to and, and uh, learn their names. And, and uh, I don't know why, but it makes me nervous meeting new people. And, 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 and that's how I was the whole drive down there to, to West Virginia, to uh, Morgantown, uh, Cheat Lake area. I, I, I was just a, a nervous wreck. Uh, waiting to meet these people that I had never met before and, and uh, the anxiety of, of not wanting to meet new people. Uh, but I was blown away 
when we arrived, we pulled into the driveway, and we had no sooner made it out of the car, and car doors closed, and we were immediately met with hugs and sweet tea. Uh, and, and within no time at all, uh, they made me feel like part of their family and like I had known them for years. Why? Because they were hospitable. We see here that Gaius had a, a, a testimony of being hospitable. Uh, in verse number five, we see that he was faithful, faithfully hospitable. We see that Gaius was not only hospitable to his, to his fellow brethren, uh, those that uh, he would go to church and worship with and, and those that he, he, he lived, lived by and, and, and would fellowship with on a regular basis. But it says that he was also uh, hospitable to, to strangers. And, and these strangers, these were uh, missionaries or preachers that were uh, traveling from, from city to city and town to town to spread the gospel message. And we see that he was faithfully hospitable to them. His hospitality, was, it wasn't one of uh, randomness, and uh, he wasn't only being hospitable when he, he felt like it and, and on the good days, and he wasn't just being hospitable when uh, it seemed to be uh, convenient, but he was faithfully hospitable. It didn't matter uh, what was going on in his life and, or, or what the circumstances were. Uh, if an individual was coming through that was uh, taking the gospel message to uh, other people, uh, he made sure that he went out of his way to be hospitable to them. Why would Gaius act in this way? Why, why would he be uh, so hospitable to these people that he didn't even know? Uh, we have the answer in verse number six. Uh, talking about the strangers, it says, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their Journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. The, these strangers, these missionaries and preachers, uh, after meeting Gaius and, and experiencing the hospitality that he showed them and the, the charity and the love that he showed them, they, they testified uh, of that. And because Gaius was walking in the truth, it created within him a heart of love, and that love then motivated or drove him into action. Gaius understood the importance of loving others the way that God loves them. Remember, the Bible tells us, and Christ tells us, that we are to, what, love others as we love ourselves. We are to treat others the way we desire to be treated. And Gaius was acting in that way. And it would seem uh, that he would uh, welcome, him, welcome these people uh, into his home, uh, perhaps uh, provide them with meals to eat, provide them with a, a roof over their head, uh, some shelter, and, and also maybe help them out with whatever else they needed uh, to, to prepare themselves and get ready to move on to the next town to be able to accomplish what God had called them to do. In verse number seven, because that for his name's sake they went out forth taking nothing of the Gentiles. Gaius was not performing these acts to gain recognition or even to get something back in return. We see that his desire was for the gospel to be preached. That was his love. That was his passion, was for the gospel to go out and to be spread and others to hear the gospel. 
And because that was his passion, anybody that was doing that work uh, of taking the gospel and spreading it, Gaius was on board, and he was there ready to be hospitable to them uh, to help them accomplish that task. And he would do whatever he could to aid in the spread of the gospel. He also recognized that these ministers, uh, they were not in it for themselves either. Uh, uh, the, the, the letter uses the, uh, uh, says that they were taking nothing of the Gentiles. They were not in this for themselves. Uh, they weren't going town to town and, and, and fundraising and, and asking for uh, these funds for all this extravagant stuff, but uh, they were going out there, they were sacrificing, uh, they were giving of themselves, trying to spread the gospel, because that's what God had commanded them to do. Uh, they weren't in it to, to get rich, they weren't uh, in it to become famous or well-known, they just simply wanted to carry out the, the, the mission that God had given them. And Gaius recognized this, and, and he had a desire to to help them because of that. You recognize it because they weren't taking anything uh, of the Gentiles. They weren't seeking uh, uh, money and wealth and, and, and trying to get all this uh, help from them. That they, they did have needs. They had needs that needed met, and Gaius sought to, to meet those needs because that's what Gaius had a passion for. Uh, if you turn with me back to Philippians chapter 1 for a moment. Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 12. It says, but I would, but I would, you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all, the, in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding uh, every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, I, then, I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Here we have the Apostle Paul, who's sitting in a prison, and he writes this letter to the Philippian church. And, and we see here a, an attitude that's being expressed. It's much similar to the attitude that Gaius uh, had concerning the gospel. Paul recognizes that, hey, yes, I'm in prison. I'm suffering, uh, but it's for his name's sake. Because of what I'm going through, the gospel is being uh, spread in the palaces. Uh, others are hearing the gospel because... They know who I am. They, they know that I'm in jail. They, and so they're hearing the message of why I'm in jail. And so the gospel's being spread. Uh, because I'm being faithful to the gospel, uh, there are other believers who see that, and they're being encouraged, and they're being emboldened. And so they're preaching the gospel as well. 
Uh, and for whatever reason, Paul recognizes that some of these people that are preaching the gospel, they don't like Paul themselves. They're, they're probably glad that Paul's actually in prison. Uh, for whatever reason, they, uh, Paul maybe just rubs them the wrong way. They don't like them. Uh, but the, Paul says that, yeah, they're, they're preaching the gospel, the true gospel. It might be for, for the wrong reason, but they are preaching the gospel. And Paul says, I rejoice in that. I'm not mad at them. I'm not upset at them. I'm not bitter, but I am joyful that the gospel is being preached. And I imagine Gaius had this same attitude. Uh, the gospel needed to go out. The gospel needed to be preached. And Gaius was able to look past any differences that he had with uh, these men that were coming through and, and, and spreading the gospel. I'm sure he probably didn't, uh, I guess, click with all of them. I'm sure there were some that maybe he felt were a little standoffish or this or that, but, but they were preaching the gospel, and Gaius wanted to do what he could to, to help them uh, in that endeavor and make sure that the gospel was preached. Going back to Third uh, John, as we continue on, in verses 9 and 11, uh, we 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 see we had seen Gaius and and uh, uh, a tale of a a, a prosperous soul, uh, but now in verses nine through eleven we see uh, another man. Uh, this man, by the name of Diotrephes, uh, was uh, the complete opposite of Gaius. And and in this passage we see uh, the testimony or. Uh, uh, of a, a prideful soul. He had a prideful soul. He was nothing of the like when compared to Gaius. Uh, we see in verse number 9, it says, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. We see that uh, Diotrephes here, he was the opposite of Gaius. He uh, where Gaius wasn't about himself, he wasn't in it for self-fortune or fame or, or what he could get out of, of, of helping others. Uh, for Diotrephes, everything was more transactional. I'm going to do this, but it's because I'm going to benefit from it. I'm going to receive something from it. Uh, uh, he, wanted the, he desired the preeminence. He wanted to be the, the central focus of, of, of the church there. He wanted people to, to look at him and say, oh, wow, what a great guy. Uh, what a wonderful person. We want to, that's the guy that we want to follow. That's the guy that we ought to be listening to. Uh, and just as Paul had his uh, uh, crowd that despised him and, and rejected him, uh, we see that Diotrephes, as John says here, uh, Diotrephes did not like John. Uh, he viewed John as a, a, a threat, uh, perhaps to his authority. Uh, it seems to be have something to do with uh, John's uh, apostleship and, and the authority that they, that, that uh, gave John uh, to be able to uh, uh, have authority in, in that church there. And so Diotrephes was doing whatever he could to keep John... Uh, out of the church, uh, away from the church, and he didn't want anything to do with John, and he didn't want uh, anybody else there uh, in that church to, to have anything to do with John. Uh, John says that he, he, he had written a letter, but that letter never made it to the church, uh, and it was because of Diotrephes. He, 
he, he blocked it uh, from, be, from going to the church. Uh, uh, it kind of reminds me of the religious leaders that uh, Christ talks about in Matthew 23, how they would, uh, uh, how they love to be uh, seen uh, as they would uh, give of their tithes and offerings. And, and when they would pray, they would be you know, praying loudly you know, so, so others could hear them pray. And, and when there was uh, feasts and celebrations, they made sure to have a seat in the upper room you know, where uh, the important people sat. Uh, this is the attitude that Diotrephes had. He did not have a heart of love and humility, but he had a heart of pride. He was a prideful, self-centered leader. Uh, he did not have, have a heart of love for the gospel and, or those that preached it. He only cared about himself and his own personal gain. And as a result, the first thing we see about Diotrephes is they had a testimony of malice. Look at the first part of verse number 10. Uh, wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words. We see that Diotrephes spoke malicious words against John and other fellow laborers of the gospel. The things that he uh, was saying about them, they were, they were lies. He was making them up. He was making false accusations against them. Now, we don't know exactly what he was saying about them, uh, but I imagine Diotrephes uh, was probably trying to twist it around and more than likely made himself sound like the victim of maybe, well, John, he's doing this and he's attacking me and, 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 and these others, you know, they're, 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 they're not respecting my authority. And I, I would imagine Diotrephes made himself to be the victim and, and and John and these other preachers to be the aggressors. But nevertheless, he, he attacked them with malicious lies. Because Diotrephes had uh, selfish desires, he viewed John and other preachers who would support or defend John as a, a threat to his authority. He didn't want John and these preachers to have any influence on the church there. Diotrephes viewed himself as having sole authority in the church. His desire was for the church to follow himself and no one else. In verse 9, we, we, we saw that you know, John's claim of writing a letter to the church, but the church never saw it. The, the letter never was read to the church because Diotrephes would not allow it. He blocked anyone or anything that would threaten his position. Diotrephes was your typical authoritarian, and anyone who he viewed as a threat to his authority, he sought to destroy, and he would destroy them by spreading these malicious lies about them. Diotrephes completely missed the fact that the, the purpose of the church is to glorify God. And how does the church glorify God? Uh, Christian author and blogger says it this way, uh, by the name of Tim Challies. He says, the local church exists to glorify God through worshiping him, edifying his people, and evangelizing the, the world. But that was not Diotrephes' focus. Unfortunately, this was not the perspectives that uh, he had. He had a desire to receive glory himself, which resulted in the mistreatment of those who would not submit to him. Not only was he, he trying to push out and block out John and these, these preachers, 
but look at uh, the last part of uh, verse 10. And not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. We also see that he had testimony of dominance. It wasn't just these outsiders uh, that were passing through that he tried to, 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 to keep out and block their influence, but uh, he was also domineering within the church there. Anybody within the church he viewed as a threat, uh, he would take action against. We see in the last part of that verse that uh, not only was he personally unhospitable to these gospel preachers, but uh, he also expected the others there to, to, to do the same as him and not ex uh, bring them into their homes and not be hospitable to them. Uh, we see that anyone who went against his wishes, he would go out of his way to have them cast out of the church, uh, which seems to signify that he had some type of leadership there in the church. I'm not, not sure exactly you know, what his role would have been, uh, but obviously he had some type of authority there uh, in the church that he was able to uh, have people removed from the church and removed from the fellowship of that church. Diotrephes was showing control and dominance within the church there. Uh, if you did not do... As he asked, there would be serious consequences. He expected the church to toe the line when it came to his demands. Uh, there was one preacher that made uh, this observation about Diotrephes. Quote, the language suggests a self-promoting demagogue who served no one but wanted all to serve only him. He was only in it for his own selfish personal gain. Look at verse number 11. It says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. John warns Gaius that those who are of God will produce good works. Those are the examples that we ought to be looking to and, and following. Even Paul in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1 says, Be ye followers of me, even as I, I also am of Christ. There's nothing wrong with having role models. There's nothing wrong with looking to, to other believers as examples and, 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 and following after them, so long as those people are heading in the right direction. As long as they are actively following Christ and desiring Christ, we can follow those people. In verse number 12, or, yeah, in verse number 12, uh, John even gives guys an example of someone that he, he could look to as a, a role model. Uh, this man by the name of uh, Demetrius was somebody who, who John and many others uh, would recommend because of his testimony. And John says, listen, Demetrius is you know, somebody that you can look to. He has a, a good testimony. He's somebody who is a good example. But those who are not following Christ will not be uh, producing good works. Those are uh, the ones that we are to avoid. They are the ones who are not of God. 
And as John indicates here, is, uh, is that Diotrephes was evil and he was not of God. Uh, it, it, it makes it sound as though perhaps Diotrephes himself was probably not a believer because of his actions. Uh, there was no visible fruit there uh, that would show that uh, he was following after Christ because of the, 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 the deeds, the, the fruit that he was producing. And because of this, John says that if he's able to, to make it there himself to visit, he'll be confronting him uh, on this matter. As we consider our own lives tonight, how will we be remembered? Are we going to be remembered like Gaius, somebody who is known, was known for uh, walking in the truth? And because you're walking in the truth, you, 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 you uh, grow a, a, a heart of love for the gospel and a, a heart of love for, for others. And, and uh, we were found hospitable to, to, to those that are spreading the truth and doing what we can to, to, to help them. Or are we going to be uh, remembered uh, more of uh, as a diatrophies, uh, someone who is unkind, domineering, self-serving, and, and, and even uh, uh, malicious. And perhaps diatrophies is, is maybe more of an extreme example of, 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 of how uh, we act sometimes, but, uh, but how many times we, in our lives are are, are we doing things because they're more motivated by uh, self and we're being self-serving and uh, perhaps we're, we're maybe doing something in the church because of what we can uh, receive from it or what we can get out of it? Are we truly being uh, sacrificial and hospitable? Uh, as, as Gaius was... Uh, being hospitable to, to those who are spreading the gospel and who those preaching the gospel, uh, what are we doing tonight as uh, to be supportive of those who are taking the gospel and spreading the gospel? Uh, I I do believe that our church overall has has a good reputation of being hospitable to uh, uh, preachers that come through and, and missionaries that come through and doing what we can to help support their works. Uh, but what can we do uh, more uh, to, to help them? Uh, uh, wouldn't it be something that uh, when these missionaries come back to the States and, uh, and, and travel uh, on, on furlough, uh, wouldn't it be great if uh, they think of our church and they can't wait to come here because of a, a reputation of how hospitable we are in going out of our way uh, to help them? 1 John 1.11 says we are to love one another. In verse 14 of that same chapter, it says, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brethren abideth in death. If we're walking in the truth, we're going to have God's love within us. If we have God's love, we're going to be demonstrating God's love to others. We're going to love others the way that God loves them. We all struggle to some degree with the attitude that Diotrephes had. I know I do. Uh, there's times I, you know, I'm not hospitable the way I should be. Uh, there might be a person that just rubs me the wrong way, and 
you know, I'll, I'll write it off like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be a, a jerk about it or, or rude to them, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be cordial. But the Bible tells us to be more than just cordial with people. We are to, to love them and to be hospitable to them. We might not be extreme as uh, diatrophies, but we do have personality conflicts with others, and, and, and sometimes it's, it, it's hard to get past that, where uh, this person rubbed me the wrong way. I, I'm not going to talk to them anymore. Uh, this person over here is friends with that person, so I'm not going to talk to them. Uh, but that's not how it's supposed to be. We need to be uh, more of a, a Gaius, where we uh, uh, love God, we love the word, and, and, and as a result, we're, we're loving each other.